Captain's Log, Stardate 14, I think. Uh, these are the continued voyages of Edson's, Eddie Edwards and Mark O'Neill as we trek our way through all of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, coming to you live from 10 forward. Uh, Mark, how you been? How you, how you doing? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, had a, uh, I had a vegan kebab. Right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, the meat was the meat was vegan. Well, the end, the filling. I don't. I, can you call it meat? Like, what is meat? Because, because right, because because is is, is it, the inside of a watermelon not called the meat? We need it. We we need as a society. We need a general purpose word for whatever we're calling the vegan meat replacement. And I want to go with a combination of bacon meat, but that's feet, and that sounds gross. I I I, I wouldn't mind that. I had a sweaty feet kebab. <laughs> I that sounds like a sex thing. Yeah, and I'm into it. So, <clears throat> well, here's 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 the way that I see it, right? Obviously, fake meat, faux meat, was it didn't exist when people were coming up with words for things. So yeah. when when Johnny Johnny Word Johnny Dictionary is his name, he's the guy that came up with all the words for shit. When he was like, uh, right, meat, this is meat. The stuff that we've cut off of this cow, this is meat, right? Yeah. And it, and it's, it's and then some English guy was like, so what, is it called cow? And he's like, no, it's called beef. Um, and the reason is that the rich people eat this and the rich people speak French, right? If you want to know more, fucking look into yourselves. I, this isn't a fucking dictionary podcast. This is a Star Trek podcast, <laughs> right? That's why we call it beef, right? Fuck you. So he uh, he's like, this is meat. And then some guy comes along a couple of weeks later. Let's call him uh, Graham Dictionary. That's Johnny Dictionary's cousin. So he gets like oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to go with Johnny Thesaurus. That's a much better idea. Right? Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Thesaurus, right? Who is Johnny Dictionary's cousin. But, they have, but they're, on, they're matriarchal, so they have different surnames. But they have the same first name, which is bizarre. So no, his name is, his name is David. David Thesaurus, right? <laughs> so he's like, I found this watermelon, and we we imported it from Africa. And Johnny's like, how was your time in Africa? Did you import import anything else interesting? And David just has like a weird kind of strange look on his face because this is in the 1600s when there was like some fucking bad shit coming in. Not bad shit, good people. I assume. I don't know. I didn't know them, but anyway, they were important slaves, right? <laughs> that went that went very Donald Trump. <laughs> So, <laughs> Some of them are good people, I assume. <laughs> so, <laughs> workers, strong, good workers, right? Knew what they were doing. Um, so <laughs> he's he's like, right, the inside of this is a watermelon, and the inside, and he's like, this is also meat, and he's like, that's that's fine because we understand that meat from an animal and meat as in the inside of a watermelon are distinctly different things. They had no fucking idea what was coming. Because in, in 2021, Marky Boy bought himself some fake kebab meat. Now, what do we call that? Anyway, the, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Oh. It didn't it didn't it didn't taste that much different from like actual lamb kebab. Oh, cool. I'm, 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 Emma's vegan and she's very big on the like the fake meat. But the thing is I've been vegetarian since I was five. Mm. So I I have no reference frame for what meat is one supposed to take like taste like or be why that's good like I've, I've had a I've had the vegan I've had the vegetarian ribs at Wagamama's which are like a mushroom rib thing and they're nice but I, I can't I don't know what a rib is so I don't have the frame of reference to tell you whether or not they, they compare well a rib is what you like, grow a woman from yeah, which is why men have one less rib than women. That's a scientific fact, according to people who don't understand what science is or facts. Here's here's a question. So you're you're a, you're a sort of moral vegetarian, right? Uh, so yeah, what happened was I went on uh, a school trip. So there was a place near where I grew up called Old McDonald's Farm. Uh, it's it's like oh, you can go and experience farm life, even though. It's it's on a turn off from the M25. That's, <laughs> that's where you grew up. Um, so yeah, you go uh, you go along and it's like oh lovely farm life. And I went there uh, and, and it was my first time. I was like about five years old. And it was my first time with, with animals. I'm like oh crazy. And then I got home and my mum was serving lamb. 
Uh, and that, that, that just, that was the first time that connection had been made. And I was like, but the cute little fluffy things. Like, yeah, them. I was like, right, well, not eating that. And, <laughs> it seems and horrifying. <laughs> from what I remember from the personal history that you've told me, you also just fucking never spoke to your mum again after that. That was the inciting incident. <laughs> Oh, I wish. No, sadly, she <laughs> she she ruined my mental health for for a couple of decades more, Mark. But um. great. Well, she ruined that lamb as well. So, um, if you right, let's say you and I are in a plane crash, right? And it's it. Right, we're gonna. You, have you seen Yellow Jackets? I haven't. Right. Okay. So that, that I'm not gonna spoil anything because it's it's very evident from a, the first couple of frames what the crack is, right? Okay. Or is it? So the the people who know know. Uh, now, if we're we're on a private plane, right? Because we're in, let's say, um, a, a high school. It's it's the nineties, and you and I we're we're seventeen. We are part of the girls' soccer team, high school soccer team, right? And they're going to they're going to nationals. This okay. is the plot of Yellow Jackets. We are just in there. Okay. And we and we fly, and, and then the plane crashes. Now, as a vegetarian, right when it would when we when we get to the point where we're in the woods and we've killed all the available animals, and we have to start eating each other. Yeah. Do you think that as a vegetarian, <laughs> you would morally hold out slightly longer than me as an omnivore? I, I, I do know that as a vegetarian, I have the moral high ground on why I shouldn't be eaten first. <laughs> <laughs> like, I never thought this was okay. That's no, um, no, here's the thing. I've, I've said this like vegetarianism, like, it's, it's all one and good until you, if I'm stranded on a desert island and there's no fucking food and there's a pig, right? I'm gonna, but it's the same as like, I would kill and eat a man to survive if I had to. Yeah. I'm very fortunate we live in a society where that that is not not an issue, but yeah, but it's it's it's, it's like Star Trek. It's yeah. it's there is a level you are afforded a level of ethics by the technology that you have that makes things easier. Because equally, like I'm, I'm using electricity right now, so I'm killing something. Um, and if like you're a properly hardcore vegan, you can't use petrol because it's made of dinosaurs. Um, so <laughs> no, seriously, okay, this is a serious thing. If you are a proper, want to be a proper vegan, so you don't drive because you don't want to use dinosaurs, you know you can't use the train because you know what the train brakes are made with? Uh, uh, dinosaurs? Uh, pig's blood. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. They are, the, they are the animal that stops the quickest, so that does make sense. <laughs> I found this out because it was during the debate about the plastic te- like notes that they are made with like animal fat. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, "That's gross." And then I found out it's like, "Oh, it's the same plastic." Then it was like a list of things. I was like, "Well, that's just ruined, literally existing." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, if animals didn't want to die, they shouldn't make themselves so killable. The thing is, I I often say this: I've never heard an argument in favour of vegetarian, like in favour of eating meat over being a vegetarian. Like every argument everyone's ever put forward. Like for eating meat could easily for me be also put on eating either a baby or someone with special needs. Uh, it's like, well, why are they made of meat? Why are they delicious? Why are we smarter than them? Right? <laughs> Which one would you eat first, the baby or the adult with special? Don't fuck, don't answer that. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the baby. Um, the adult with special needs is uh, less like because the baby could grow up to be. Like, okay, nobody who's an adult with special needs is going to become a Hitler, but a baby might. <laughs> I agree. You heard it here first. Eddie has specifically said that Hitler had no mental or physical <laughs> or emotional disabilities whatsoever. If anything, he was the, the fittest guy. <laughs> Unless, of course, the special needs people are planning something that we don't know about. Where's that episode of Star Trek? Take me to that planet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I, I went sort of vegan for. A, I, I do, I, I do cut down. I have seriously cut down. I don't eat meat nearly as much as I used to, but, but I, 
I am. Um, I, I fuck it. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's they, they say it's like the best thing to put. If you like, if you care about like carbon emissions, if you just get yeah. out beef, that's the biggest single step you could take because it's just terrible for the environment. Like yeah. what I'm saying is, kill other pigs are apparently more delicious. Eat them instead. It's fine. I the reason I don't really like pork is that people have said I I, I don't know where I've picked this up, but. I have heard that pork is the closest tasting meat to human. Yeah, long pig. Is yeah, the which is human meat. But, but my my off. Oh, I mean, ten minutes. And <laughs> if if the if the people who listen to this, like, do you think there's anyone who listens to this who kind of fundamentally disagrees with us, like on most of our political stances? Because obviously <laughs> we are both p- pretty fucking left, right? Yeah, and uh, at, at this point, if any, you watch any, Star if you watch Star Trek and you're right wing, I don't understand what you get from the show. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, in a sense, but uh, but I I mean I really like Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, but that's deliberate. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, what was I? I can't remember what I was going to talk about. But who cares? They, they've they've all tuned out by now. If anyone was hanging on by a thread, we're not getting Joe Rogan numbers. <laughs> so, really, who who gives a shit? But we've not driven Neil Young for Spotify, so I call it a wash. Well, not as far uh, as you know, well. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. He might have heard us listen to the, Neil Young might have listened to this, then heard Joe Rogan and go, those two things combined have pushed me off the platform. But I'm, I'm mainly going to talk about Joe Rogan. Yeah, Rogan, I don't think enough people are aware. He doesn't want to give us the publicity. <laughs> Fuck you, Neil Young. You could have given us a shout-out in the statement, you frick. Yeah, I like to think that he got really annoyed at Joe Rogan and then listened to one episode of this, and that's the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, the data load episode is garbage. You people are fucking idiots. Oh, so, so, on to... <laughs> Whatever the fuck the title of this episode is, I uh, took one one zero zero one zero zero one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, what did you did you enjoy? Did you have a nice time? I I, I, I thought this was a a, a, a fun ish episode. Uh, yeah, it had some. It had, it's not it's not perfect. It's not great, but a lot of enough enough interesting things in it, and enough stuff that I liked to to keep me going. Uh, I yeah. think that. I'm quite lucky because I, again, um, I've only seen select episodes of of Next Generation. I haven't really, I never watched it first run. I've never really sat down and watched it with any great um, sort of, you know, like interest. I, I do like it and I would watch it whenever it was on, but I never actually thought to sit down and watch the whole run. <clears throat> so people have always said that season season three is where it really starts going and season one and two apart from a few select episodes, aren't really worth watching. So I'm going into this with the mindset of a person who started watching this in 1987, and this was what they had. So I'm in the kind of unique place of being able to judge episodes without a massive knowledge of the episodes that come later. And with that in mind, the last episode, Angel One, is an episode that would have made me go, this doesn't fucking work. And <laughs> I'm gonna stop watching this. Conversely, this episode would have brought me back. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed this episode. I'm sure I will eat those words in about four years' time when we're finally <laughs> on like season six, and I'll, yeah. I'll think how how could I ever have enjoyed that pish? <laughs> but no, I, I had a nice time with this one. I enjoyed yeah. it. I am sad, but there was one sad thing about this episode, Mark, which is um, uh, uh, very near the beginning. When they're, they're, but for the people who don't know the plot of this episode, um, the, the the Enterprise is getting like refitted, like it's getting like it's it's a new ship. It's been out for about a year. They're going to like give it a run over, upgrade some of its systems, and then these aliens called the Binar uh, seize control of the ship, do a runner with it because they they need to download their planet's computer onto the Enterprise's computer. Because the Enterprise has shielding that their planet doesn't have, and a supernova is going to go off, and it's like a solar flare to destroy their computer, and that will wipe out their civilization. Um, there's a lot going on in this one. There's a lot going on, but Mark, really sadly, um, one of the very first things that they list as getting fixed in this episode is um, is the holodeck. So 
Um, sadly, we won't have any more episodes where things go wrong with the holodeck ever again. Which <laughs> um, is just really sad. <laughs> I really like, so in the captain's log, um, Picard says, uh, we, we're also going to repair the holodeck with which we've been having problems. And I just imagined Picard walking next to evil Picard, who we'll go on to in a minute, um, who's like, what's up with your holodeck? And he replies, well, it shot a guy. Um, <laughs> then, it <clears throat> then it committed biological warfare. And evil Picard's like, ah, oh, so just, just usual. Um he was he was very specifically I watched this episode with Emma and she asked what is up with cheap Picard. Oh, uh, <laughs> Picard's non union Mexican equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Um so He had was, a goatee. He looked exactly <laughs> like Picard and had a goatee. If that wasn't intentional so that you like like there's there's no there's no rug pull in this episode. No, I was it, certain he was. We were gonna get a fake, fake out Picard death. Yeah, where it's like, and then he turns around and he's got a beard. And you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because because back in the, those days they thought uh, no one will be able to distinguish John Luke Picard, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, apart from any other bald man. So we have to give him the distinguishing feature of a goatee to make him stand out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he comes on, he's on board with the, uh, no, I, I want to do a big shout, I really like the aliens in this. I like the uh, aliens quite a bit, yeah, I thought they were really clever. So, they're, they're called the Binar, and they're basically, what they've done is just cast short actors, and then instead of just doing like a faint nose bumps or pointy ears, they've given them big heads, big pink heads, and they, they, um, they are so integrated with computers that they can like talk to each other in static. Yeah. Uh, and they're always going around in pairs. And they're called the Binars, because this episode is very on the fucking nose. <laughs> <laughs> so the Binars, they, they, they work a bit like um, if you've seen Pacific Rim, which I know for a fact, <laughs> Laura, you haven't. And I'm going to address you quite quick. I, can we just watch Pacific Rim? You, you will, I think you will quite like it. Yeah, actually, I'll... I'll no, I'll Eddie, I'm not involving you in this. I'm speaking directly no. to my girlfriend through the yeah, podcast listening. But I'm going to back up Mark on this, Laura. You would actually, I think, you knowing what I know about you, I think you'd enjoy Pacific Rim. It's very silly. It's it's made by Guillermo. <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll like it. It's really good. Anyway, <laughs> they have the same thing. They, they're sort of connected by their brains in a yeah. way. And also they wear like a small computer. It's, it's kind of an interesting... It's an interesting Star Trek idea that, again, I feel like Star Trek The Next Generation isn't yet mature or confident enough to really deep dive into, which is that the the Federation obviously is very reliant on technology, yeah. replicators, holodecks, etc. This race is so reliant on technology that if they get a blue screen of death, it means literal death. Yeah. And it could have been a... In some ways, it is a cautionary tale, but it also yeah. celebrates you should become more integrated with technology. It's an, it's a way of extending your life and a way of, of, of working better with each other, but there are downsides, like if that technology goes off, you're fucked. Yeah. I also like that the, the Bidar are, are non-binary. Like, they're not neither male nor female. They're non-binary. And I also like the fact that the two Bidar, because there's only two at first, there's four by the end of the episode. Um, and we're introduced to them, and they're, they're introduced as 1-0 and 0-1. Now, Mark, I don't know how much you've done it, know about binary, but I've done the calculations on this. And if this is the naming convention for this species, there are a total of four members of the Bidar. Um... <laughs> I'm assuming the other two are zero zero and one one. Uh, <laughs> they don't get along. That... <laughs> They're too diametrically opposed. <laughs> zero one and one zero are like the centrists. Zero zero is a communist, and uh, one one is basically Binar Hitler. 
Oh, they're, they're, they're exactly like that species that in Star Trek where one side of their face is white and one side is black, but the other <laughs> guy's got the other side of his face black and white, and therefore they don't get on. Is that in, um, is that in the original series? That's in the original series. Oh, is, so we don't have that to look forward to? The, the episode might as well just be called Racism's Bad, but we'll do original series after the next gen, I think. I think that's what we should do. I agree, we, I like the original yeah. series. Although I, I do like that Gene Roddenberry evolved from that idea and went, <laughs> why don't we just do this but women? <laughs> so um, there's a there's a good bit where so the binar come on the ship, right? Yeah. And the, the evil Picard is there, and I I can't remember. He does have a Mexican name, so he is Mexican Picard, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to call him because I can't. I think it's Captain Cazadores or something. Something like that, yeah. He's the bloke who built the Enterprise, apparently. Yeah, he uh, uh, he's walking on, and he, and he says to Picard, you know, have you got anything else to report? And I'm surprised that Picard didn't turn around and go, I, again, just to emphasise, our holodeck is murderous. Like, we really need <laughs> we really need to, to do that. But So he leaves them... Right, so so they're, they're going... What we may not have, have said here is that they're going into Spaceport... Yeah, which looks awesome. The spaceport is lush. I absolutely yeah. love how that looks because this is all the these the versions we're watching on Netflix are all the um, uh, uh, restored, uh, like enhanced versions, and it's just it's a gorgeous looking bit yeah. of space architecture. Just yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, they're, they're going on board, and this is something I want to say because as they're going on board, you kind of get like a little moment, and it's our first moment of like what everybody on board the Enterprise does to relax. Like they've got like they're all their hobbies and like, um, so like, uh, right, okay. Worf and Tasha Yar are going to play a game of Precy Squares, uh, and it's inferred from the way Worf is talking to Riker that he intends to kill to win. <laughs> <laughs> and Riker's like, "Is no, it's just a friendly game. Uh, winning's not everything." And Worf's reply is, "If winning isn't important, why keep score?" Which I kind of love. It's kind of argue with that. <laughs> no, fair point. Um, did you also notice that during that interaction, we got our first ever Vulcan salute of the series? Uh, what? No, I didn't spot that. Fuck, I must have been taking notes. Like Riker. I mean, maybe it wasn't even intentional. Oh right. But okay. when Riker says to Worf, "Please don't kill <laughs> any civilians," <laughs> um, yeah. he flashes a, a Vulcan salute. Let them live long and prosper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, like, Data is being taught to paint by Geordie. Um, uh, and Riker is a dick about it. <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> so, no, I, his, what is that? He goes, like, right, okay, Data's art is genuinely good. And Riker's response to it is, oh, is that what it's supposed to be? Um, which is a dickish, a cunty thing to say to anybody creative ever. Right? I have two things to say about that. Uh, right. Number one is so what what we may not have, have got across is that the reason that Data is painting and the reason that Jordi is trying to teach him is that they are try they're they're sort of experimenting to find out whether it's possible for Data to be creative or if he's just only able to uh, replicate basically things based on his own knowledge, which at the end of the day. Isn't that what creativity is? But whatever, right? That's a bigger story for a better episode. Um, but then when Riker says, oh, that's what it is, and he's he, he hasn't just been a dick, I feel like he doesn't really, he isn't able to interpret it. And the fact that Riker can't immediately identify it means that it is Data's interpretation of that thing, which, again, is what creativity is. Yeah. So we have proven that he can, right? We have proven in a single scene that data, a machine, can be creative. And the way that Riker celebrates this is on the way out, he says, people will research this for years to come. And Jordy says what? And Riker replies, a blind man <laughs> teaching an android to paint. <laughs> yeah. Now, what I would say is, if I was... I don't know if they still make films in the realm of Star Trek but that is a movie I would go see at Sundance 
Uh... <laughs> Would you? Because isn't it a bit, isn't it a bit like um, the miracle worker with Helen Keller and Helen Keller's nurse? But it was from the perspective of Helen Keller, so it's just completely the screen is completely black. black um, there's no sound, but just in front of everyone's seat is just um, a, a person who, in the pitch black, just hands you a thing. <laughs> and then you touch the thing and then give it back and they make like a little movement on your hand and that's how you identify what the thing is called. Because <laughs> that's how she did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, actually, you've said that like it's a thing I wouldn't go see and it's like, no, I'd totally go see that. I would, I would 100% it. go see that, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird enough an experience that I do it on the grounds of like, well, it's five minutes of material. My favourite method, so while we learn about other people's relaxation methods, my favourite one is that we find out that Picard and Riker are staying on the ship. Um, yes. Because the binars need to have someone to, to, to refer to. Um, That's your and- favourite, because my favourite was, was what we find out about Beverly Crusher. Because I, I just feel we need to bring this up. Um, Beverly, Beverly Crusher is super excited that she has a meeting with um, Epstein. Uh, just gonna gonna leave that there. Yep. Uh, I assume a relative, or maybe in the future, all paedophiles are called Epstein. Uh, <laughs> um, I I like the, the Picard and Riker. They, they're they're going to be on the ship, but they're, they're going to sort of chill out. And yeah. uh, Riker says, "Well, I'm going to go and check out the new holodeck." And Picard says, and I quote, "I'm going to back go back to my quarters." And turn on my personal relaxation light. <laughs> yes. What the fuck is that? It's a, I, 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 in, see, I imagine that what Picard's telling Riker he's going to do, in not so many words, is uh, Picard is going to go back, he's going to walk up to the replicator, and he's going to go, spliff. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out the weed version of tea at Old Grey Hot. So I imagine it's spliff, uh... Buddha cheese hench <laughs> and then he's going to turn on a lava lamp <laughs> see <laughs> a Himalayan salt lamp I imagine that the replicator because I imagine the replicator has to be not sentient but it has to be somewhat artificially intelligent yeah because if Picard asks for Errol Grey Hall it's 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 producing the, the, the tea that it knows that Picard likes because hot is a relative term isn't it yeah, um, yeah. So it it seems to know that. So I imagine you could probably train a replicator to respond to what you're doing. So you walk up to the replicator and you go spliff, and then you say the name of the movie that you're going to watch, and it makes a strain <laughs> of marijuana that that like is suitable for that. So you walk yeah. up to it and you go spliff, Space Jam. Boom. <laughs> I imagine there's there's definitely somebody living in the Federation who's programmed that. It's like a, you download extra skills for Alexa. Yeah. Uh, like you go, so you can go like Alexa, comfort my dog, and it will play soothing music for your dog while you're out, which is a thing Alexa actually does. Nice. Um, but yeah, you just go. Uh, yeah, like um, I, I want to spliff. I'm planning on watching all of the Looney Tunes cartoons that are banned because of racism. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> which if you've never done, check them out there. They're awful. And it, it, uh, it makes you a joint that has uh, a little paper sombrero on the top. Yeah. What is the deal with cannabis in Starfleet? Because Synthahol... Yeah. Isn't, I'm not sure. Sh- because the Synthahol yeah. was a thing, but everyone always bangs on about it. I think like because the, they have Romulan ale and stuff like that, and there's like talk of like people can get actual booze if they want yeah i would imagine that like i would i can't believe that aliens would have come to like i can't believe that the vulcans came to earth and nobody offered anyone (laughs) nobody offered them a joint yeah and then they were immediately wouldn't have been like immediately like oh oh you can like oh you can you can join the the group like because we only had that one (laughs) Zephyr Cochrane had that one little shitty missile fucking thing, and they were like, oh, let's start a federation. It's like, we must have been bringing something to the fucking table. So it was either that, or maybe maybe they didn't have game systems. Maybe like they turned up, and it was like, the best thing they've got is Pong. And we're like, well, we've got a PS5, do you want to play Uncharted? 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we gave them a joint and they were like, okay, you can join. Is this legal here? And then everybody on earth was like, uh, yeah. Depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it depends. If, are you asking because you think it should be or shouldn't be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we think it should be. And you've got really cool spaceships, yeah. <laughs> Quick whispered conversation. Yes, yeah, legal. It's legal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I was going to say does raise the question of why Riker doesn't get a spliff, seeing as how he's going to spend his time is um, playing jazz in a, a smoky room. Um, now, okay, I want to hand it to Riker because Riker, Riker fully understands what jazz is because he, he sets up the holodeck and he wants a crowd of people to perform to, and the holodeck puts a bunch of people in there, and then Riker, as a jazz musician goes no there's never been this many people in a room waiting to listen to jazz get rid of them replace it with one person and that one person isn't really here for the jazz because nobody nobody enjoys listening to jazz as much as jazz musicians enjoy but i'm not i i can't tell you the level on which i do not like jazz (laughs) okay so for those who don't know, I am currently up to like I, I I'm going through the list of a thousand and one albums to hear before you die in like chronological order. I'm up to like the four hundreds, like we're in like the eighties is about to happen. We're in seventy nine. It's really exciting. I'm still four years away from hip hop being invented, but it's 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 going there. But like you start with like Sinatra, and then for fifty albums, it's just the occasional country album and fucking experimental jazz and it makes you understand why people were so excited about Elvis right <laughs> <laughs> because Elvis comes along you're like oh thank god and then like then like like you go you go for like a decade and you're like oh great so the occasional little bit of jazz like really good jazz turns up that's okay and then psychedelia happens and it's just jazz again mark it's just jazz again and so's <laughs> funk right anybody who tells you otherwise is a fucking liar and it's oh it's mm, it's it's it doesn't need to exist. If you listen to 50 jazz albums, like basically back to back, you've listened to too much jazz. <laughs> it doesn't need to exist. You need to listen to just Charles Mingus. That's it. That's the only bit you need. Uh, Black Man and the Cin- uh, so, sorry, uh, Cinnamon and the Sugar Lady. I can't remember the title. It's the only good one. Fuck jazz. Counterpoint. I quite like jazz and funk. <laughs> um, not, not, so much, not so much as... I don't really listen to albums of it or anything, but I have playlists of just like chill out jazz and chill out funk. I like it as just background noise, and that's kind of what it is. Now, on saying that, this episode made me realise that Riker, Riker must be right because I obviously I have like I have fantasies that I would program into the holodeck, right, and they would yeah. be. They'd be fine. They'd be good for me. I'd really enjoy them, right? But I, I, I don't know how much you'll agree with this. Riker clearly, on a fundamental level, understands what pure, absolute sexiness is. Um, <laughs> nine, 2 a.m. on Bourbon Street in the 50s is like the epitome of fucking sexy settings for me. Like I, the, the, it's it's so cool, um, and it's and it's badass, and and and, the, and the, I mean, yeah, all right, maybe the fact that he's playing trombone, the <laughs> the, the manliest instrument, is is helping, um, but like it, I I don't know, man, I I really liked it, like I I I've never, I've, no, that's a lie, I've been to a couple of jazz bars, I would love to, like I really want to go to New Orleans. And I, I really want to do that thing of like two AM in a jazz bar and, and sit and listen to like a band and shit. So that that, that actually really appealed to me. Um and I like that I, I don't know, man, I can I kinda liked everything about it. I, I would really like to give a special shout out to the double bass player who is literally just behind Riker in shot and he's playing trombone. And it's clear there is a point where he has to start like acting and delivering lines. Um, um, and, he, and he kind of switches on, but prior to that, he is giving Riker a look that just says, "You call that jazz, white boy?" This <laughs> 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 could have been a black character, but fine. No, we'll have a white man explaining what jazz is to all of us. But um, 
the whole point of this scene is that the the Bailar have beefed up the holodeck and there is a, a lady there called Minuet who they've created to seduce and keep Riker on the holodeck. Oh, here's a question, right? So the woman who is um, the woman who first appears when he says, "No, there's too many people here. Make it just one," and a woman appears and she's in like a super sexy red dress, yeah, big green eyes, blonde hair. And Riker says, mm, blondes don't like jazz, make it more appropriate. <laughs> How much would you like, oh, it's going to be a black chick. And then it's just <laughs> a brunette woman. Yeah, it should have 100. Actually, yeah, it should have 100. Uh, that didn't even occur to me. What just occurred to me is that, they, that when they do that transformation, they go from a, the, the blonde is a solid 10. Uh, the woman that Riker prefers is, is an 8. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, well, um, yeah, Laura hit out with that comment as well. She's <laughs> like, if the holodeck can make anyone, why wouldn't it make someone attractive? <laughs> I mean, she's a fine actress. Yeah. She's damn good, but uh, she's not... Like, this should be... I mean, let's be honest, Mark. If it was if it was me, it, just, it would be, it'd just be Jessica Rabbit. Um, I don't care that she's 2D. That would work. It's the holodeck. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'll play Jet Set Radio Future. They can do that. I uh, mine would be a rotation, <laughs> just depending on what day it was. Like we have, what are you up to today, Mark? Well, it's Cat Dennings Monday. Well, no, that's the that's the Piper Parabo Thursday. If you can create any woman in the holodeck, just just mistake, just make mistake. <laughs> uh, it's super fucking easy, um, but. Yeah, so there's yeah. This is basically um, Riker's kept on the bridge by because he's seduced by the holodeck program, and there's some moments in this like she says, um, like he's talking about his job and how it's his dream job, which does mean that Riker's ambit like Riker's dream job is to be the second highest ranking officer on a starship. Not even <laughs> aim higher, Will. <laughs> and the weird thing is, like he, this is a running thing through the show where yeah. people tell Riker we've got you like a command post and he's like I don't want it I- I'd rather just do this I, I do I do kind of get it because like a first officer isn't just the next down captain like there yeah. is there is a job that is involved in like the first officer is basically um, not HR but like he's like the chief of staff, like he's the guy. Like Picard yeah. is in charge of everything. Riker is in charge of the people. Yeah, and I, and I think it would be interesting because you have a lot of command, but you don't necessarily have a lot of responsibility. I yeah. I, I I get it. Like I get someone that wouldn't want to go higher than first officer. I I also understand why you it, why first officer on what is the flagship. Yeah. Of of the of of, of not just Earth, the entire Federation is a bigger deal than like being captain of like a fucking science vessel that's going to spend eight years next to a supernova yeah. uh, or some shit like that but yeah this is this is also by the way I should point out this is another occasion already Mark where Riker basically has a moment where he's like well I've got to get back to work and Minuet's like well can't we dance instead and Riker's like oh yeah fuck it let's dance and this is like in the first and like as I was watching this there's a bit later on where um, Picard turns up and Emma just said, <laughs> was looking at it, goes, do neither of these fucks ever work? <laughs> <laughs> I We had a different take on it uh, because obviously what's happened is that Picard has finished his joint yeah. and he's wandered down to the holodeck to see what Will's up to. Now, Picard should know Will Riker, right? He should be <laughs> intimately aware of what that man does and what his priorities are and yeah. just swanning in there without knocking is that's a fucking that's russian roulette that is a roll of the dice right there right the fact that he came in on uh riker and minuet just dancing is something of a miracle because there are there are a hundred universes where he comes in and he will has bent her over every one of those tables um and and it, it, so that so in some universes she's been over a table and in other universes she's been over the same table but Riker has added more people to the band to watch <laughs> so 
I and he Picard like what? Why? Like what? Was he, what? What? Need is that? Because I I do get the thing. We we've talked about it quite briefly on on this show before, but um, for Next Generation, Gene Roddenberry had a rule that the characters could not have interpersonal conflicts. They yeah. weren't allowed to conflict on anything that was to do with work because Roddenberry thought by the time we got to the future that won't happen anymore. Yeah, but there are te- I mean, they're, they're at work and he's having a work wank and <laughs> if Picard walked in on my wank I'd, I'd be like, what, what, what can you give me this five is, minutes? This is the equivalent of your boss finding you watching porn on a work computer uh, No, it's the equivalent of your boss finding you watching porn on the work computer and then going, and can I get in on this? <laughs> he's, being, he's annoyed at first, but then when he hears that the woman in the porn is speaking French because <laughs> at first I was like, like, so Picard gets kept on the the holodeck by the same thing, and I was like, why doesn't Picard get his own woman? And then it occurred to me, obviously, Picard is most interested in his favourite sexual position as a Frenchman, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, yeah. So basically, there's a red alert, and everyone gets booted off the ship. And I, I did want to point out there we get to see some strong Federation casual looks. Yeah. Which I'm a big fan of. Oh, and I also noticed something, I've noticed something I've never noticed before. Right. Wesley's like um Wesley's left in charge of the bridge because they're parked and everybody else wants to go do stuff. And it's like a <laughs> Wesley like you know, it's like, oh you're the guard, you know, it's while everyone goes off and does fun stuff. I don't um, know, man. Because Picard specifically says, Ensign Crusher, you have the bridge. Yeah. But which is an official whether they're parked or not. That's an official order from the captain. Wesley yeah. is in charge. Yeah, Wesley is in charge. So here's what I noticed, and I've never spotted before. Wesley's um, Wesley's out top he's got in this. It's like a grey thing. And across the top, it's got a blue stripe, a yellow stripe, and a red stripe. And that's because Wesley is Starfleet, but serves all three divisions. Oh. Yeah, I clogged it. I was like, oh, it's the three colours. Like, because he does science stuff, he does operation stuff, and he does command he's learning all three and that's why he's got the stripes and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool and has saved him from some terrible fucking jumpers uh <laughs> that's um, cool yeah so here's another thing that you that you may not have noticed either uh, we get another call back in this because geordie and data go down to engineering because first time they, we get to see geordie and data in engineering solving a problem in all of tng as well and it was great and I, i'm and i'm super here for it but um, they go down to engineering because the magnetic shielding on the antimatter is uh, shedding, and they're yeah. going to have to fucking send the Enterprise away because that's going to take everything out. Um, and uh, when Data does the all points bulletin, like the red alert, uh, yeah. he we get the old communicator noise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. It's it's really good. Data, Data is great in this episode. Yeah. Because Data has like a... Cr- so they abandon the ship and the ship computer, which the Bionars have fucked with, tell them that Picard and Riker have gone. Yeah. Um, so they beam off and then the thing that's going wrong with the ship suddenly stops going wrong with the ship and the ship leaves because they've set it to fly away because if it explodes, it won't just blow up. It, like an antimatter explosion isn't just enough to like blow up the ship and the station. It's like, we need to be away from any occupied planets. <laughs> this yes. Is- yeah, yeah they, they literally say, what is the furthest away we can send us? <laughs> yeah. And they send it off, and then, um, like, then they Data realises that there's been a mistake and an issue, and there's a whole argument that lies a bit with, like, he's later on, he's, like, talking to Jordan, he's like, was this my fault? And Jordan's like, well, you can't be on the bridge all the time. And Data's like, yes, I can. <laughs> I don't require sleep, rest. I can could, I could 100% be on the bridge 100% of the time. And everybody's like, that, that's that's deeply unhealthy and is 100% the scenario that leads to you becoming a murderous robot. So <laughs> let's, let's yeah, not do that. Laura brought this up. I think, I'm pretty sure Laura brought this up. Someone brought it up that I was talking to, and the only people I've spoken to about this episode are you and Laura. <laughs> that it's kind of an interesting, it's yet another interesting deep dive into what makes data a person. Which yeah. is um, kind of work-life balance. Like, yeah. should like the fact that data should can do that isn't 
any indication that he should. Um, it, she she likened it to the argument like um, if you have a workplace where some of your employees have children and other ones don't, like should the ones without children have an a sort of obligation almost yeah. to work more than the ones who do have kids? Um, and it was it was quite an interesting yeah if kind we, of look at it we... like like. Like data, data. Even if he wanted to be on the bridge the whole time, I, I think Picard should say no, no. If yeah. you want to understand what it means to be human, you have to figure out what a work life balance is. Yeah. If if we met, if I met an if we met an alien species and the alien species slept for sixteen hours a day and yeah. therefore could only work for like four hours, and I was on board one of their vessels, I would. Fully expect to only be working a four-hour day, yeah, <laughs> like I, and, be, and then or be paid innumerably more than they are. And the Federation doesn't have money, so he gets time off. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so they, 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 the the basically the binals are nicking the ship because their whole thing is their if their computer on there they're so integrated with technology if their computer goes down on their planet they'll die. And it's too important to risk asking the Federation to send a ship because if they say no, then they're all going to die. So they might as well just steal a ship mm. and deal with the consequences later, which I quite like because it's it's perfectly logical. Oh, I, I am yeah. fully of the opinion that it is better to uh, apologise than to ask permission. Yeah, especially when it's your entire species uh, uh, at risk. And I do. Uh, this is by the way, we also get our first abandoned ship. In this, and I yeah. think I uh, and we get a nice. Uh, oh yeah, and we get our first auto destruct, Mark. Because when Riker and Picard realise what's going on, they they fire up the auto destruct, which has the worst looking fucking countdown timer ever. And then they come up with their brilliant plan of we we beam ourselves onto the bridge. So the auto destruct <laughs> caused um, almost caused Laura to have a sort of hernia. Um, because they, they established that in order for the auto-destruct to, to work, it's, the, it's apparently the only thing on the entire ship that requires the consent of both the captain and the first officer. Yeah. So they both turn it on, and then you get a five-minute countdown, and the only way to turn it off is from the bridge. Yeah. So they turn it on in engineering and then say, we have to get to the bridge. But the problem is they turn it on... And then they just hang about engineering for a bit as they look at a screen and go, isn't this a bit strange? Have you seen this? And Laura was like, get to the fucking bridge. <laughs> and then and then they fucking they piss about in a corridor for a bit and Laura's fucking losing it. Like, Yeah, they get, they get to the bridge with about two and a half minutes to spare. There's not actually any tension from this. It's a no. five minute timer. And I think in later episodes we learn it's, it's the two highest ranking officers on board. So... If they had left, Wesley? Like, <laughs> does Wesley have the right to set off the auto-destruct? If it's just, like, him and one red shirt. And he was like, well, I was left to charge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we... I mean, look, I don't know how much you accept uh, the Abrams movies as canon. I accept I do. them as canon in a separate timeline. Yeah, that's how. It, yeah, and yeah. as far as I'm aware, the way that their Starfleet works, it might be slightly different from the way that Prime Starfleet works because of the the Narada arrived and it blew up the Kelvin. So there's a chance that that's. That there are theories that the reason that the Enterprise and the Kelvin verse is so much bigger is because after the arrival of the Narada back through time. Starfleet realised that they had to get a bit more militaristic and build bigger warships rather yeah. than the exploratory vessels that the Enterprise is really meant to be. Um, but in Star, in Star Trek 2009, uh, Kirk is on board the Enterprise, but he's he's off duty. He's, like, suspended. And Pike... In, in order, look, it's a J.J. Abrams movie, right? So there's a lot of fucking plot contrivance that you have to just ignore to get to the awesome bits. But one of the biggest things is that he just makes Kirk first officer, like just just out of nowhere. Um, even when he's not exactly, even when he's not technically serving Starfleet, so Wesley isn't technically a serving ensign. He is an yeah. acting ensign who still has to go to Starfleet Academy. But 
the fact that Picard has put him in charge, does that mean, like, would he have that authority? I don't know. Yeah, I, I do. It'd be, it'd be fucking interesting to have that as like a plot of an episode. Wesley is left in charge of the Enterprise when two Romulan warships turn up and demand to speak to the commander of the vessel and have Wesley be like, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Te- te- technically me. And they're like, what? <laughs> right. We have you surrounded with like cloaked ships and Wesley's like, I don't know how to prove that's not true. Uh... <laughs> um, I, yeah. I've got to say, Mark, I am, I'm very disappointed that we came to this episode of um, this as early as we did. I was hoping if we come to this episode when our podcast was much, much bigger and we had sponsorship, hopefully we could have been sponsored by Backblaze, who will back up your entire computer system for you, because that is essentially what the Bidars do here. They just they need a computer that's good enough to back up their own computer. And I'm going to put this forward to the Bidars. You should have, you should have had a backup of your incredibly important computer system already. Like somewhere else, yeah. But come on, mate. <laughs> Fuck off. Are you? Where's? Have you got yours backed up? No, but my entire yeah, so piss com- off, Eddie. But my entire my, all all my computer's got on it is this podcast and things I've drawn. Right. <laughs> I I have two incredibly important hard drives. Relevant, I have three. I have a hard drive full of porn, which is also pretty important, right? But relevant to this, I have two very important hard drives. And I recently learned that hard drives don't close to last forever. They they have a lifespan of just sort of like eight to ten years. And mm-hmm. both of those hard drives are about eight years old. And even I am like, no, nah, I'm not replacing them. Fuck it. Why <laughs> Because the, the problem is it, it's for a Final Cut project that I occasionally have to go back to. And uh, if you if you export that to a new hard drive, then Final Cut gets gives you grief about it. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Fair. So Fair. That, that, and that, that is my binar. Um, yeah. So they, yeah, so they, they beam on, onto the bridge and then the, the binars have died. Well, essentially. they're killed over. Yeah, they're yeah, like dying. Over. There's just a pile of them. And they, they realise that they have to work together to reboot yeah. the system. Um, but they, and they, and here's here's it as well. So the Bidars have become too reliant on computers because they've clearly never had to download uh, pirated software in the like early noughties. Because the, so the, the Picard, Picard and Riker have worked out that they've got the entire Binar computer system on their computer, and they need to beam it back to the Binar computer. But they don't know how, um, and they're trying to work out because they don't know what the file password is or any of that information. And that's where I was like, well, surely in the folder that it's all in, they'll just be like, a, why is there not a readme.txt? Um, <laughs> like, click on that go, to get the program running, uh, first do this, first do this. Uh, also, you'll need to know, if the computer asks you what clothes Sam and Max should be wearing, um, you will need to consult this diagram. Because uh, that's how piracy was stopped in the past. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, li- in, in the PC version of Arkham Asylum, uh, the version that was released, if it could, if it told, if it was able to confirm that you weren't uh, that you were using a pirated copy, it wouldn't copy the file that let Batman open his cape. <laughs> I know it's so funny. You see, I've seen videos of people doing it, and you like they do the like fire the grappling hook up into the air and they shoot up and you know you go over the top and then you open up the cape and fly out and you just go over the top and she goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can get behind that sort of shit all day absolutely absolutely love it see what um, I would do is I prefer the ones I can't remember any examples I want to say that Monkey Island is one of these or maybe one of the Tim Schafer games but there were games that would detect that you were playing it on a pirated copy, and rather than not let you play the game, it let you play the game, but it, everybody referred to your character as a cunt, um, <laughs> or like it would turn you into like a giant cock. Yeah, there's been, there's been. I love Amnesty. Well, it's a bit. What I really loved was like the back in the day, like the Sam and Max one. So, um, the Sam and Max anti-piracy device 
was a, a like a, a wheel where you could spin it and it would put a different outfit on like Sam or Max and it would tell you if Max is dressed like this how is Sam dressed and you had to like select from a menu and dress Sam correctly to get I love that yeah, that was absolutely cool. brilliant I, 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 by the way if you are making if you listen to this and you make video games bring back instruction manuals they yeah. were great I used to love reading the instruction manual while I was on the bus coming home from where I bought the game whereas now you get a little bit of paper saying why don't you enter this code here and give us another 15 quid and we'll let you play as Catwoman uh, <laughs> the instruction manuals for the Grand Theft Auto, the 3D Grand Theft Auto games, up until number five, were incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one for Grand Theft Vice. Auto 3, was, it was designed like a like a tourist guide to Liberty City, and it was yeah, this, phenomenal. Yeah, Vice City had the same thing, where it yeah. like, had like a, an advert for the Love Fist concert, and like the various business... Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Whereas now, nobody does that. Do that. Do that, games developers. You're already, you're already going to charge us fucking 60 quid and then ask for another 20 quid for a season pass. Then sell me loot boxes. And now you want me to... Fuck off. Fuck off. Just start giving me the actual shit. <laughs> I had to, I, I wanna, if I was a vid, big video game streamer, I would love to just stream like Spider-Man for the PlayStation 1 and just be like, look at all this stuff that's just in the game. Extra costumes. I can put in a cheat and play an entire what-if mode and it's just here. It's just here. I don't have to pay anyone extra. Fuck the gaming industry. Anyway... That's another rant for another day. Um, sounds like it was a rant for today, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you've done most of it. Uh, no, if I, you want me to rant about the video game industry, this could ease that. I could, we could go another hour, Mark. Uh, <laughs> um, Laura, by the way, was like kind of annoyed that the password wasn't Minuet because she was like, well, that character yeah, had a weird name. And she kept saying it. Yeah. So, why is that not the password? What was the password again? I forgot. It was the name of the episode. It was 11001001. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because Data said it works out. It'd be Riker should have figured that out from when he was watching the episode. <laughs> he should have just looked at the title on Netflix and went, yeah. oh, it's this. Instead, Data was like, well, it'll be eight digits in binary, and there's only a certain number of those it can be. Um yeah, uh, the, the only other thing that's talk about is, is when this episode ends and everything's back to normal, Riker does go back to the holodeck to see Minuet again, and she no longer exists, which given how well established she is, and again, she's another hologram who's aware that she's a hologram. So she is a full sentient being that the Binars have willed into existence and then casually thrown aside. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, which is a crime they will not have to answer for. No. Uh, I don't think. They'll just have to answer for stealing a ship for a bit. Fine. Which, again, don't do. Don't steal ships no. unless you're trying to save... To be fair, though, I was going to say, stealing the Enterprise to save a civilization is the kind of shit that Kirk did all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, it's like... It, I think it's the plot of two separate Star Trek movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that. And even... And, and, and one of the times he stole the ship just to save Spock, who was yeah. already dead. Yeah, not even to save Spock, just to get Spock's body back. Yeah. That he, but, and he was the one who fired it into space. Yeah. You shouldn't have thrown it away, should you? He could have at least called Vulcan and been like, do you guys do, hey, just, do you guys do anything special with the bodies? <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, I won't, I won't fling it out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in a torpedo. That's what he would have wanted. I've aimed it at you. Uh, it'll get there at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a good episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't know, like you say, I don't know. It didn't do the big Star Trek thing of doing like a big question, but it did like what Star Trek also occasionally does very well, which is like it was a fun little adventure. Yeah, there was a thing. The thing happened. It got dealt with. Some quality captain again. Like the, the speed with which Picard went. Well, we need to want to destroy the ship. Yeah, brilliant. Like, like as as he went to there, Emma was like, "He's fucking keen." <laughs> like, oh, the Enterprise can't fall into enemy hands. And I was like, "Why?" And I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. So what, I don't know what, I don't know why is the Enterprise so fucking special. That... Yeah, the worst thing that would happen if the Enterprise fell into enemy hands is that one by one those enemies would be killed by the holodeck. <laughs> if you want to find out all of access to like the complete like schematics and everything that you need to know about the Enterprise, just turn up on a ship, hail them, and say, "Oh hello, uh, can I come aboard?" <laughs> and they'll be like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. <laughs> and then you can just look around and write it all down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Draw a little diagram. 
Yeah. Um, I did look at the title of the next episode, um, and it didn't ring a bell at all. I've got no clue what next week's is. So I don't even look at the description. No, I, I, I didn't either. So. I can't remember. Yeah. The Enterprise is in front of a roughly green-looking planet. That's all I can tell you. Yep. Right. So tune in, tune in for that. Next one. All right. Cheerio. Goodbye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>